got a real good feeling. You're listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast with Crypto Jeb, bringing you the best and most updated news about cryptocurrency. Tune in every morning at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch this podcast live on our YouTube channel. What's going on? Jeb here. And in today's video, we are going to be talking about how the Bitcoin bears tried. Now, as you know, Bitcoin rallied all the way up to about $44,500 yesterday. But over the last 24 hours, the Bitcoin bears have dropped the market a little bit. In fact, as we were live yesterday, Bitcoin dropped just under $1,000. And we saw about $50 million worth of longs getting liquidated. Now, in yesterday's video, we postulated that what happened was a lot of people went into long positions far earlier than they really should have. And the bears took advantage of that by allowing the market to move to the downside causing those longs to get squeezed out and then pushing the market a couple thousand dollars south. But in today's video, we're going to be talking about why this was actually a bullish setup that the bears inadvertently created because right now on the four hourly chart, we see a pattern called a cup and handle formation, which has a bullish price target up close to $50,000. We're going to be talking about that as well as a ton of other news stories. Number one, the fourth largest city in South America will be accepting cryptocurrency in some capacity. None other than Rio de Janeiro, the mayor of that city is going to be helping to adopt Bitcoin in certain ways and forms. And we're going to talk about that. And also we're going to talk about how Coinbase just acquired a company called FairX and they may be bringing derivatives trading to their own crypto market would be a massive, massive development for Coinbase. We have so much to talk about today. And before you walk away from this video, you're going to not only know where Bitcoin's been, what Bitcoin is doing, but you're also going to have a much clearer picture of where Bitcoin and the cryptocurrencies that we'll be discussing like Ethereum, like ADA, DOT, Phantom, and HBAR are going. We've got a great show lined up for you today. I can't wait to get into it. But before we do, I first want to introduce my co-host and your good friend, T.A. Tam. How you doing, Tam? I'm doing good. Uh, just so everyone knows, T. Shroom, despite leaving, he won the HODL trophy. <laughs> so no one gets to hold it this week, but shout out to T. Shroom that will not shout see this video for video. two months. Yeah, well, uh, he won. But a good going away present. You get to keep the HODL trophy for a week until someone else takes it because you can't. Can, can, I, can I just hold on to it for the week since he's not here? Can no, I Can I take it on? Nobody gets the hot. I, mean, I still have it from last week. But, so You're not the respect. I, I can't hold it for him. It's T-shirt. But, but the thing, like, have you ever seen the original Iron Man? The dude came up and he and he took the he took the award for Tony Stark. I, I want to do that. Okay, anyway. Well, we're also joined, as always, by Smay, who is our honorary winner of the Hot Trophy as well. It was a really close week, guys. Smay, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, guys. And I would like to uh, say, to because I want this to make this a tradition, guys, for on Fridays, uh, on Fridays, I want Jeb. Can you? Because you're the holder of the trophy right now. Not that, like you're actually the holder of the trophy. Oh wow, I see how it is. But I was the holder can, of the trophy. Can you go ahead and honor our uh, Jedi Grandmasters? Yeah, the names on the trophy. Absolutely, our Jedi Grandmasters on the trophy. As you can see, that is one of the things you get for being a Grandmaster. You get your name on the CGA trophy. Shout out to Adam Rourke. Shout out to Matt C. Matt C is in chat. Adam Rourke might be. I haven't seen him in there. Uh, Tommy Lou. Shout out to Tommy Lou. Edward Hess. Shout out to you, Rick. 4962 Yard Dog up there. Shout out to you, my friend. Daniel Walton, shout out to you. Screwhead, replacing every E with an R, uh, every E with a three because we uh, speak in elite speak. And Dennis Pizarka, I yes. always enjoy reading your name. It is 
Pi Pi Zarka. It's such a good name. That is such a cool name. Um, Guys, thank you so much to all of our members. And by the way, shout out to all of our members who were who were at our members Q and A yesterday. Woo. That was so much fun. We went mm-hmm. for an hour. If you're a member and you were there yesterday, drop a one in chat. It was just absolutely really really fun. So if you want to be a part of those, those go- those are going to be happening every two weeks. Make sure to hit that join button down below and smash that like button if you haven't already. Yeah, and guys, listen, listen, listen. This is what's so great about being a member, especially if you're a grandmaster. Guys, all past, present, and future grandmasters' names will be on that trophy yep. indefinitely, forever, yep. and until like the the sun explodes. All right. Okay. So, okay. guys, okay. whether you be a, you be a grandmaster for one month and then you decide not to re up, your name will still be there. Yep. You know what I mean? It is a it is an honor that transcends yeah. time. So Again. there's something like that to think about. It's very awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And by the way, somebody asked. Jeb, can we see the new kicks? Gidges, Gidges Besselink. I'm not sure how to pronounce your name, my friend. I was uh, shoe shopping right before I shot yesterday's video. By the way, if you haven't watched yesterday's video on financial sovereignty, it's one of the best. I I think it's one of the better videos I've made in a while. So go back and watch that video. Good it video. really got me inspired. Did you watch it, Smack? Yeah, I watched it, yeah. Yeah, that video really is my way of telling you guys what we're all about. This financial sovereignty idea is something that I can't get out of my head. So please go back and watch the video that I uploaded yesterday. I shot it in my car. You will absolutely love it. But let's keep it moving here. Oh, I am joined oh, also. Oh, oh, one last thing to shout out. I'm sorry, Jeb. I have one last thing. I was to trying to introduce out. Caleb. I know, but I have I'm one sorry. last thing. Guys, what is happening? <laughs> I, this is hypothetical. I'm going to throw it back to you, Jeb. Okay. What's happening tonight at 6 p.m. on Eastern Standard Time? Uh, we're going to uh, move from the fifth hour of the afternoon into the sixth hour of the afternoon. No, I'm kidding. Why Bitcoin Episode 3 is coming out. We shot it on Tuesday, and Smay just spent a lot of time editing it. It's a really great video, and it is all about volatility. If you want to know why Bitcoin's volatile, why uh, it is not necessarily a bad thing, it actually might be a good thing for Bitcoin, and you want to have ammo to be able to evangelize Bitcoin, it's the video for you. If you guys don't know what why Bitcoin is... You should go on the channel. There's a playlist. Go watch Why Bitcoin Episode 1 and 2. Episode 3 will be coming out at 6 p.m. Eastern today. By the way, drop a 1 in chat if you have watched Why Bitcoin and you are in love with it. But now I am going to introduce Caleb. Caleb, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, I'm doing okay. Um, A little sad because today is my last day before I have to go back to school. No! Why is everyone leaving us? uh, It's going to be rough. Gosh. Really, really sad. I'm going to be gone for... A little bit. Man. This is your last show until next Thursday. This is my last show until next Thursday because I'm going to be at the North American Bitcoin Conference. You can still get tickets because it's starting in like two days. There are links down below, but I will be down there pretty much all of next week. But yeah, guys, let's go ahead and do it. You ready? You ready? You strapped in? You got your coffee. Do you have your coffee? I have Monster because it's quicker, but I've got caffeine, as you can tell. We are going to be jumping on to CoinMarketCap. Before we do, I do want to tease the headlines. Mayor of Rio de Janeiro to invest 1% of the city's treasury into Bitcoin and... Get this, because this is really big. Give a tax break to those who pay in Bitcoin. We're going to talk about why that second part is actually the more important part here in a little bit. Open interest is down over 30% since November. We're going to talk about that and how over 70% of U.S. holders got into crypto in 2021. We're going to talk about the maturation of those crypto investors and the implications that that will have on the price of Bitcoin. All coming up, but we're first going to jump on to CoinMarketCap and do a little bit of a market watch. Guys, Bitcoin is sitting at $42,300, down 4.34% in the last 24 hours. Ethereum down 5%. A little bit of a bearish day. As we said in the titles, the bears tried. Frankly, I think the bears are going to fail. 
at the end of the day, we don't know that yet, but we're going to get to that in our bullish and bearish technical analysis here. Analysis here. But I do want to go ahead and show you some of the biggest gainers and losers. Coin Market Cap still has this weird update going on where it shows biggest gainers and losers over the last 24 hours for the entire space. If anybody knows how to fix this, because this just happened like two days ago, let me know. Maybe there's a new setting in here. I have to go in here and change. We'll scroll down and look through it. Dogecoin up 11% today. Litecoin up 3.7% today. FTX is up. ETH Classic, Monero up. Some of these projects that have been around for a very long time doing relatively well. Huobi Token's up. Secret is up a secret amount. And the rest of the cryptocurrency market is down. Now, the reason that this is significant, why we look at this every single day before we jump into the TA, is because the number of cryptocurrencies that are bullish or bearish tells us a lot about the market sentiment. If 90 of the top 100 cryptocurrencies are negative and the rest of them are bullish, there's only about 10% that are bullish. That signifies to us that the bears are the ones in charge. So that's why we look at that. The rest of the cryptocurrency market is relatively bearish. But let's go ahead and jump onto the chart. And we're going to look at Cardano. I'm going to be brief on Cardano because we've looked at Cardano quite a bit recently. But I do think that there is an opportunity for anyone out there looking to scoop up some ADA. And I'll tell you exactly why. Cardano has been in a downtrend ever since it peaked out in early September at $3.11. It has since gone into a massive, major, very long downtrend. It is still currently, even after a small bounce, down 60% from all-time high. And right now, it is sitting atop support at $1.20. Anything below $1.20, I firmly believe, is a strong buy for Cardano. I was telling my barber, Corey, yesterday, who, who uh, just invested in crypto, he's a good friend of ours, that Cardano is probably going to be worth over $20 one day. I do believe... In the next five to 10 years, if Cardano delivers on half of what it says it's going to, that it will be a trillion dollar cryptocurrency. I think that Bitcoin will be. Bitcoin has already been a trillion dollar cryptocurrency. I think Ethereum will be there in the next 12 to 24 months, probably sooner than that, to be quite honest with you. And I think Cardano will be up there along with it because of the way that it's been built and because of its phenomenal leadership. So any purchase right now, I think is a solid purchase for the long run. Now, as far as trading, it might not be the best time to enter a trade because we're trading sideways and there's no clear trend. So I'm not saying it's a good time to trade. But if you're like me and you're buying Cardano that you're not going to sell until like 2028 or something, then right now I think is a solid time. That's pretty much all I got to say on Cardano right now, other than the fact that it is in a falling wedge. Falling wedges typically break to the upside. But if it is in a falling wedge, then we would expect a drop down here to about a dollar. And then we could see that bounce come from there. So don't be scared. Don't be freaked out if Cardano drops down close to a dollar. Frankly, I'm surprised it hasn't already done it. That signifies how strong the bulls are. Notice we had a very strong downtrend. It's kind of turned into a sideways movement here. This means the bulls are starting to take back power. I think anywhere in here is a pretty strong buy. But now let's go ahead and talk about Polkadot. Polkadot is another phenomenal project that I am a big fan of. And the reason is, is it's the leader by far in the Layer 0 application. You've heard of Layer 1. Layer 1s are your Bitcoins, your Ethereums. Uh, Phantom, Cardano is a layer one, Avalanche is a layer one, Binance is a layer one, Solana is a layer one. These are all platforms that have their own cryptocurrency that is running on their own blockchain. That's what a layer one is. You got layer twos like a, you know, a polygon or a, a chain link that are layer twos. They have their own token that exists on another blockchain. If you've ever wondered what the difference between layer one and layer two is, that's the difference. Layer one has its own coin with its own blockchain. Layer two has its own token, but it doesn't have its own blockchain. It's running on another blockchain. It's a layer two. It's built on top. Now, what Polkadot is, is something that's a little bit of a foreign concept to most. It's called a layer zero. The point of Polkadot is to bring together these other layer ones into the world wide web of cryptocurrency so that they're all able to interoperate. The word interoperability is the entire point of Polkadot. And I I do think that it is going to remain. I believe it's in the top 10 right now. I do believe it's going to remain in the top 10. And if it drops out of the top 10, 
it'll probably stay in the top 15 to top 17 and jump back in once it has a small rally. But as far as its price action is concerned, it has dropped 58% from all-time high and is currently down 52% from all-time high. Right now, we are in a massive rising wedge. Two things about this. Number one, the rising wedge would typically be respected by going down here and testing the uptrending level of support. That's normally what would happen. So another drop on Polkadot could be in order. Number two, the rising wedge typically breaks to the downside. But the thing I've been talking about a lot recently is that these ultra long-term time frames, ultra long-term patterns, I should say, you have to be a little careful with because oftentimes they will not act in the exact same way that they would on a shorter term time frame because when you get onto the week-long, month-long time frames, you're looking at a lot of fundamental development, which can override the technicals a little bit. The point is, is that you could be expecting a small little drop here on Polkadot. Another thing to mention on DOT is that it is in a smaller falling wedge right here. So what we could see is a drop down here to test the bigger falling wedge, break to the upside, and then rally up here to $30. Really, Polkadot is in a holding pattern. It's continuing to develop fundamentally. But like most altcoins right now, whether or not it goes into an uptrend is going to be almost entirely dependent on whether or not Bitcoin goes into an uptrend. So it's kind of difficult when Bitcoin is in such a clearly defined trend, especially when it's in a downtrend, to tell you exactly what the project is going to do. I would expect a little bit more bearishness on DOT, but in the next couple of weeks, as Bitcoin starts to pick up steam, I think Polkadot will do very well. But let's go ahead and check in with the chat. Let's go ahead and read any super chats that we have, and then we're going to jump straight on into Bitcoin. I know you guys want to know what's going on over there. And by the way, if you haven't already, smash that like button. Let's see if we can't get to a thousand likes in the next couple of minutes. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's read some supers. Elliot Locke, he said, heard an invest answers this morning. I'm on my way to home from work. That country Toga uh, country was Tonga. going Tonga. Tonga, my bad. Tonga. <laughs> was going to accept BTC as a legal tender by the end of the year. Yeah, no, so that's something I saw late yesterday and I'm still I'm about to read about that. And what happened there is to my knowledge is that they have a bill uh, to do something very similar to El Salvador, and it looks like they are uh, modeling after El Salvador. Tonga is a very small nation, and as I've told you guys, I think there's three major criterias for nations that are going to accept Bitcoin. Number one, this is something Naomi Brockwell said, and I totally agree with her. By the way, I'm on her channel later on today, so tune in at four o'clock Eastern. I'll be over there. Um, number one, they need to not have a money printer. So, to my knowledge, I could be wrong on this, but to my knowledge, I don't believe Tonga has its own set sovereign currency. I believe it uses another currency, so it checks off that box. Number two, it needs to be a relatively economically poor nation. Now, it's sad to say, but the simple fact is when a nation is poor, it looks for ways to change its monetary policy in a way that will help it to move in the right direction. And that's what Bitcoin is so great at. It helps pick up the little guy. I was the little guy. I'm very blessed to have a platform and a YouTube channel now. But when I started, I was the little guy and Bitcoin was the opportunity that I used to make something for myself so I could go and help other people. So that's the second criteria. And third, it needs to have a relatively uh, accepting either government or populist, depending on whether it's a more democratic or authoritarian nation, it needs to have a relatively accepting populace of people that are in charge. So if it's very democratic, then the people need to believe in Bitcoin. If it's very authoritarian nation, the people that are in charge of the nation need to believe in Bitcoin. Tonga seemingly meets all three of those criteria. And I would say if you went through all 204 countries around the world, whatever it is, you'd probably find about 15, 20, 25, maybe 30 of them that meet that criteria. And I don't think Tonga will be the last, but it is a big step in the right direction because one nation adopting Bitcoin could be an outlier. Two nations adopting, a Bit uh, adopting Bitcoin sets a trend that the rest of the world, especially the IMF, is not going to like, but they can't really do anything about it now, can they? 
Albert Sanchez, uh, he said, just read Psychology of Money by M. Housel, a must read. Recommend to all on chat. I would agree. I haven't read it yet, but that is on my book list to read. Hmm. I'll look into that. I haven't read that. Tim, can you take a note of that real quick for me? I want to look at that book after the stream. That is, I'm looking for more books to read this year. I've got about 10 on my bookshelf I need to read. Uh, But yeah, I'd definitely love to read that. Yeah, I've heard of the book. Um, a A lot of great people have talked a lot about it. Sounds sounds like a great read. So, uh, TKC, he said, I was trying to tell you about Secret Network a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Secret Network, if you were on CoinGecko, is the, was the biggest mover in the last 24 hours. Mm. Yeah, that's, it, was up, it was up 19%. No, yeah. I, I also, we, I don't, did you talk about Doge, Dogecoin? How about yeah, I mentioned that? Doge. It's yeah. up 10. It's up 10%. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Good job uh, in there. Huzzing, he said, you, you don't think XRP will be trillions? Okay, so I actually do. And I think it's going to depend on whether or not the SEC lawsuit continues dragging out. It really is just going to... So I was telling someone about this. I I wasn't giving them financial advice, but they asked my opinion, so I gave them my opinion yesterday. Um... XRP is undervalued right now. That is a that is just a fact. If compared to what Bitcoin is doing, XRP is quite undervalued. XRP right now is trading at 76 cents when its all-time high is up around, well, I'll just show you on the chart here. XRP over US dollar tether. And after this, we're going to jump into Bitcoin. I'm going to need to go to a chart that is like a bit stamp that has been around for a little bit longer. There we go. I remember when XRP rallied up to uh, in January of 2018 to $3.23. This is on the log chart, so it looks better than it is. It's not. We rallied all the way up to $3.23. And I remember literally the day it hit all-time high. My dad, he might be watching. Uh, my dad was like... Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, this XRP thing—it's up, you know, 13x in in like two weeks. You you, you should consider buying something like that. It's overbought. It's 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 gonna crash. He's like, yeah, but I'll, just like ten dollars, Jeb. And I'm like, no, I mean, ten dollars is gonna turn into one dollar. It's gonna crash, and then it dropped all the way down to 33 cents. Literally dropped 90 percent of its value. XRP never deserved to go to three dollars and thirty cents in 2017. I'm gonna get hate for that, but it didn't. And if you want to contest me on that, then tell me why it dropped ninety percent in 270 days when everything else in the crypto market dropped 50, 60 percent. That being said, with the amount of development that's gone on in Ripple in the last three years, I do believe it's worth three dollars at this point. It just needs to see the SEC let up a little bit, and it needs to continue to see fundamental development not only in the company but also in the crypto XRP itself. So I do think that XRP is going to rally back to its all-time high and beyond, but I do think it's going to be slower than some other cryptos. I do think there are better opportunities in the crypto space, which is why I'm not invested in it, and it is wholly contingent on the SEC. And here's the deal. Even if the SEC lets up, the SEC will still always know that they have the ability to manipulate the price of XRP, which... I'm not a securities lawyer, but that's very much what it looks like is going on to me. It looks like it is basically intentional manipulation of the cryptocurrency, but I could be totally wrong on that. Nevertheless, let's go ahead and jump straight on into some Bitcoin. Before I do, I'm going to tell you one final time, because this is the last day you're going to hear this from me. The North American Bitcoin Conference is on on, uh, January 17th, 18th, and 19th. That's this Monday, this Tuesday, and this Wednesday. I will be there, and I am bringing three of our staff. I'm bringing Shannon, who is our chief marketing officer, Zach, who is our lead editor, and I'm also bringing Greg, who is the head of our business uh, development. We are going to all be down there. We're going to be getting some great interviews, some great meetings. We're going to be all over the place down in Miami's conference center, and we 
are going to be meeting a lot of people and I'm hoping that I'll meet you. So if you want to go to this conference, you need to sign up like now. You can get 20% off the tickets with the link in the description box down below. You're not only going to be able to see us, hopefully, if we run into each other, you're also going to be seeing some amazing, very powerful people in the cryptocurrency space down in Miami. You're going to be able to potentially meet a Mark Cuban or a Francis Suarez, mayor of Miami, or a President Nayib Bukele of El Salvador. You're going to be able to meet some of these people and mingle with them and shake some hands, make some connections, and I think it will be very, very good for you. We're going down there and we are extremely excited. I cannot wait to see some of your smiling faces down there. Tim, take it away. Well, is there, someone asked in the chat, is there a way that people can watch it online? Because I'm, I'm sure some people are going to struggle to be able to get all the way to Miami uh, short notice, but is there a way they could, is there something they can purchase? Is there like an online version? Yes, there is. So if you go onto the, j jump onto my stream real quick and I'll show them the screen. If you go onto the stream, I mean, you're watching the stream right now, go down to the first link in the description, get your tickets of the North American Bitcoin Conference with 20% off. Click this link and that's going to bring you over here. You can get uh, the North American Bitcoin Conference online right here. You can get an online ticket if you would like. So you can do that. So make sure to check that out with the link down below. But with that said, let's go ahead and jump on into some Bitcoin technical analysis. What are we going to see play out? Here's what you need to know. In the last 48 hours, Bitcoin attempted a rally from $40,000 all the way to $44,500, uh, $44, a 12% movement to the upside. During yesterday's show, while we were live, Bitcoin saw a $50 million long squeeze. What does that mean? Well, whenever people go long and the market drops, then they get liquidated. If they get liquidated, it forces them to sell the Bitcoin and the bulls actually end up contributing to the bears because they're forced to join the bear side and they're forced to sell. We saw a $50 million long squeeze. In fact, I think we actually saw more a little bit after the stream. That caused, a, that that uh, the precipitation of those events caused Bitcoin to drop from 44,500 down to a local low of 41,700. From there, Bitcoin has been in a small uptrend over the last couple of hours, and right now on the four-hourly chart is setting what we hope will close out as a bullish engulfing candlestick formation. Here's what you need to know. Two things. Number one, this drop signifies that the bulls are in power. Two reasons for that. One, the bulls are bouncing higher than where they dropped to. Down on the hourly chart, you can see very clearly that the bulls are rallying very strongly. A lot of people are buying this dip. A lot of people are starting to gain confidence in this. And number two, the second reason why this is important, why this is actually bullish and why the bears are accidentally playing into the hand of the bulls is very simply, if I go into another chart, it's clean. This is a cup and handle formation, guys. For anybody who is in the Cryptocurrency Technical Analysis Academy, which, by the way, if you're not, it's the academy that I created almost four years ago now. We've helped thousands of students learn how to do technical analysis so they can go and make their millions and achieve financial sovereignty in crypto markets. You got to know technical analysis. There's no way around it. If you want to be successful in crypto, you must know technical analysis. It is basically a requirement. If you want to learn TA, I do believe, and a lot of people have told us, that we have the best academy in the entire crypto market for it. You can find the link down below. In CT2A, we talk about the cup and handle formation. The cup and handle formation is constituted by a rounded bottom. As you can see right here, we have a rounded bottom that started over here, January 6th, uh, 43,600, pulled back, rallied up to 44,000 on January the 12th. That is our cup. Then we have our handle, which is what the bears just printed. This cup and handle formation ha 
uh, can have a price target drawn in about three different ways. Either one, you could use the outlier data and draw the cup and handle formations price target right there. That would give us a price target of 49,000. Two, you could draw not using the outlier data right there, give a price target of $48,000. Or three, another way that people draw price targets on cup and handle formations, draw the the uh, the uh, the rim line right there is what that's called. Then you can draw from here and get a price target as well. That gives you 47,000. So no matter which way you slice it, we're looking at a $47,000 um, um, uh, price target on this cup and handle. Now, one final thing. There actually is a fourth way you can draw this. Some people draw the price target from the bottom of the handle. Even if that's the case, that gives you a $45,500 price target, which would be a very bullish thing. So the Bears dropping the market right here actually are playing into the hands of the Bulls because, one, they're, for, they're allowing the Bulls to form a um, bullish engulfing candlestick formation. Two, they're forming a cup and handle formation. And three, finally, they are setting, allowing the Bulls to set a higher low. This is proving that we are in an uptrend. Now, yesterday we came to you and we said that Bitcoin just confirmed an uptrend using Lux Algo on the 6-hour, 8-hour, 12-hour, and almost the daily chart. Now, we have not fully confirmed on the 4-hourly chart, and to my knowledge, I don't think we ever actually did. But what we have seen, excuse me, what we have seen is a lot of bullishness showing up on different price levels. In fact, let me go ahead and grab the right thing. I don't need trend trace or any reversal zones. There we go. As you can see, when this updates, we had a strong buy signal. We saw that there was green coming into the market. And if we look on the higher time frames, such as the six hour, such as some of these other time frames, there's actually a lot of bullishness going on with Lux Algo. Lux Algo has given us a lot of bullish confirmations, and we're very, very excited about that. You can see that one came in here on the six hour as well. Now, they're trying to invalidate with this strong sell signal, and that's okay. If you remember to what I said yesterday, I said, don't be like the people that got liquidated because they went long too early. Guys, we have been in a downtrend for two months. Don't let one day of bullishness confirm to you that we're in an uptrend. Now, indicators can give you confirmations, but you as the analyst ultimately are the one that needs to decide if a confirmation has occurred. I told you guys yesterday, and this was back before Bitcoin dropped below 43500 down here, that I want to see two to three days of consistent bullish price movement before I start to get confident in an uptrend. We need to see more confidence in an uptrend before we start going into a long trade that we're going to be in for two months. Now, if you're trying to trade the volatility down here on the hourly chart, that's a different story. But if you're trying to trade a two, three, four, five week long movement, you need to see a little bit more confirmation. And to prove the point, a lot of people went into longs right here because Bitcoin had a tiny little bit of bullishness and they got liquidated. I don't want you getting liquidated. I want you making a lot of money. I want you to be making money whenever you close a trade, not losing money. So the way you're going to do that is by making sure that you're not entering a long too quickly. Let it prove itself a little bit, guys. Let it marinate. Let the market really show you what it's all about. If it is a good buying opportunity, it will show itself. Don't try and catch the exact buy bottom because oftentimes if you're in a trade it will bite you now if you're trying to make an investment doesn't matter that much but if you are trying to make a trade you need to be a little bit more careful now let's go ahead and jump out to the daily chart uh, excuse me, if you're making an investment, you're okay. If you're making a trade, you need to, be, need to be a little bit more careful. Jumping out to the daily chart, I just want to remind you of a couple of things going on out here. Number one, looks like a bullish MACD cross is coming in. That's phenomenal. As we know, bullish MACD crosses are great. We want to see those. Those signify bullishness. Duh. But finally, we also see that there is a bullish MACD divergence. As we talked about in the last couple of streams, we see uptrending on MACD, downtrending on uh, price action. If you just pause on my chart, you can see different examples of bullish MACD divergence right here. You can see here, 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 and here 
feel free to pause and then take a look at how these divergences played out in history. They are actually very reliable, and they're some of the. T- uh, it's one of the areas of technical analysis that I'm currently in the process of learning more about. I believe that no matter if I've been in crypto for a year or a decade or a hundred years, and for some reason I'm 130 years old, I'm still doing charting. I should always be learning, never stop learning. So right now, what I'm learning about is MACD divergence. That's one of the things that I am studying. Now, as far as the VPVR, this is really important as well because VPVR is telling us that there is a major zone of support down here between 31,000 and 39,000. But as we trade sideways right here in between 40 and 43, we're actually bolstering this little divot right here in the VPVR. As we spend more time down here, we're building up more and more VPVR support. So this is a good thing. Whenever we trade sideways here, this is just laying a more solid foundation for the future. Let me ask you a question. If we are actually going to see this massive long-term ascending triangle pattern break to the upside with a price target of north of $100,000, which by the way, if you don't believe me, let's just go ahead and show you that price target right here. Boom, $100,000. And if you draw it from this bottom back here, the price target is actually $105,000. That symmetrical triangle pattern, uh, ascending triangle pattern, if it is going to break out, is going to want support. Where is it going to find that support? It's going to find that support with the VPVR because notice there is a ton of VPVR support built over here. Just think about it. A year of sideways trading between thirty dollars and $60,000 will lay such a strong foundation that if we start breaking above $60,000, $70,000, we will almost certainly never see a, neg- uh, a Bitcoin worth less than $30,000. Do you know how strong of a foundation that is? That's incredible because that means that we would never see Bitcoin or be very unlikely to ever see Bitcoin, I should say, go below a half a trillion dollars market cap ever again. That is an amazing development playing out on the chart. Now, let's take a look at a couple of other technical indicators. For example, one of the things I want to mention is that we did bounce off of the bottom of the Bollinger Bands, and we're rallying up to test the the uh, moving average here in the Bollinger Bands. If you're looking for more confirmation of bullishness on Bitcoin, as I recommend you should be looking for, don't bet the farm on this uptrend just yet. I want to see, for one, Bitcoin get through the 20 daily simple moving average, which is the center line of the Bollinger Bands. That's one thing I want to see us get through. But I also want to see us get through another resistance level, which shows up right here. You can see this downtrending resistance level using these bottoms back over here. We actually tested it recently. I want to see Bitcoin get above 44, 45, maybe up to 46. Then I'm going to start being a lot more confident in this market. But there is another thing I want to talk about, and that would be the TD sequential. So let me go ahead and grab my TD. My uh, indicators are hiding on me. There we go. TD sequential. By the way, if you guys want to use TD sequential, it is a built-in indicator in TradingView. You have to have TradingView Premium. You can sign up with, tra- with the link down below to get TradingView Premium. It does help to support this channel. And if you're trying to be a professional chartist, TradingView is the only site for you, and it is an amazing site. And uh, you're pro- you're going to want TradingView Premium because limited th- to three indicators, I did it for a year. It kind of sucks. So you definitely want to get TradingView Premium. Links in the description box down below. But the point I'm making with TD Sequential here is out on the weekly chart, we're seeing a green nine flash. This does not happen very often. In fact, I went and did some historical analysis for you on Bitcoin's market. This is only the second time in a very long time, in fact, since 2018, that I can find that we saw a green nine flash. We saw a green nine flash here in June. We did go into an uptrend. Now we're seeing a green nine flash here, and I do believe we're going to go into an uptrend. The last time we saw a green nine flash, unless I'm missing something, was back over here, July of 2018. And then obviously we were in a bear market, so it wasn't huge, but we did rally 31% in seven days. If we go back in history here, notice how difficult it is to find a green nine flash. We have to go all the way back in this case to 2015. After we saw that green nine flash, we rallied 38% in 35 days. So green nine flash on weekly chart, very, very, very bullish. Even down on the two hourly chart, we're looking at a green nine flash. You can see it right here. This does signify bullish momentum. So I'm going to pause real quick and I want to ask Tim. Tim, 
Why is it important for us to be paying attention to the TD sequential? And how much stock do you put in this two daily and weekly chart nine flash? Uh, so why should you listen to TD Sequential? Because the way it was built was to help you read reversal zones. And it doesn't mean it's perfect because sometimes you're going to see them happen a slightly early, happening out on the sevens or eights. Sometimes you see it hit nine and it keeps going on for two or three more candles. That's rarer when you see it on the weekly chart. So that one was the one that was screaming at me that nine on the weekly chart. Very uncommon. That's not common. When it is, when it does happen, that is screaming. When you go down hourly, four hourly, those ones, it's not un common at all for the candles to keep going down or up depending on what it was for like two or three i've seen as high as four no actually one time i saw nine candles past the nine but it also responded with a massive upswing that was on the daily down and went massively upswinged to the other side so it's really important because the whole purpose of that indicator was to kind of show you overbought oversold reversal zones uh second half that question sorry jeb um how much just how much stock do you put in on the weekly chart that was mainly what i was asking on the Weekly, okay, so I kind of answered on the weekly chart yeah. a lot. When when you see it on the one hourly, four hourly, it's time to start looking at. So I would use it on the lower charts to kind of say, all right, what else am I seeing here? Am I seeing this at the bottom of the Bollinger Bands? Am I seeing RSI divergences show up? MACD divergences show up? What does you know? What do we look like in terms of when we see the VPVR? When you see it on the weekly chart, it's rare it gets to nines on the weekly chart. So that's a really important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, let's go ahead and jump on to some on-chain metrics here, courtesy of Kelly, one of the people that works with our research. Thank you so very much to Kelly. Make sure to follow him at Kelly Kellum on Twitter. Kelly, feel free to type that out in the chat. I know you are watching. But this right here is a tweet that Kelly found from Timmer Fidelity, uh, T- at T-I-M-M-E-R-F-I-D-E-L-I-T-Y. I want to give credit where credit is due. Bitcoin dormancy flow. This is obviously more complicated than I'm going to be able to break down in a time crunch on a show. Please pause the video or come back to this and watch this uh, and pay attention to this. It is over on uh, Timber Fidelity. You can actually see the guy right here. Make sure to go and check him out. He's got a lot of really cool on-chain metrics. Shout out to him. But he said a few days ago, I made a case that 40K could be the new 30K for Bitcoin. I've also been making that case for about a month and a half. I said back in November that Bitcoin could drop as low as 42,000, but it probably wouldn't go much farther below that. We ended up dropping to 39,800. So I was pretty close on that. That's what we saw drop to the bottom in September. That's where I was getting that number from. We saw $42,000 was the all-time high basically back in January of uh, 2021. So technical analysis called that. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I do believe that 40K is the bottom. He says, based on rising intrinsic value from my S-curve model. Man, I need to meet this guy. I'm always talking about intrinsic value. I'm always talking about S-curve models of adoption. You guys have heard me talk about that, right? The whole S-curve model of adoption, you know, indoor plumbing, you know, all these things I talk about. He said, I just came across an indicator that further suggests this. It's called dormancy flow. It has reached the kind of oversold level seen at past bottoms. Take a look at this, guys. This is super, super interesting. S-curve demand model. Let's start with the S-curve demand model, and then we'll look at the actual dormancy flow. You can pause here and read these three uh, uh, definitions here from Glassnode. The S-curve demand model shows that we should be seeing Bitcoin more or less follow this curve. That's exactly what we're seeing happen here. Now, in the blue is where the S-curve was predicting the price should be. And then in the black shows where the price actually was at that time. So here in late 2014, Bitcoin was trading at $183 and the S-curve, dorm- uh, the S-curve demand model said $152. Over here at the end of 2018, early 2019, we saw S-curve demand was predicting a $4,200 Bitcoin, and we saw a $3,100 Bitcoin. Now, here we saw Bitcoin pull all the way down to $4,900. This was predicting $11,000. Now, of course, this entire six to, 
six to eight month period here in the beginning, uh, late 2019, early 2020, or excuse me, uh, for 2020 was an undervalued period in Bitcoin's history as a result of turmoil in global financial markets. But we do see the model continues. It predicted a $30,000 Bitcoin when we hit basically $30,000. Right now it's predicting $40,000 Bitcoin. Looking at the historicity of this indicator, and that is a real word, believe it or not. Say, that's, a, that's a word right there. That is a real word. Historicity is a real word. You can look it up. Looking at the historicity of this word, it means the, it, it means the properties of the history of a subject. So the historicity of this S-curve demand model, you, can you tell I'm looking for any excuse to use that word? It's fun to say. And audio engineers probably hate that word because there's so many sounds in that, so much sibilance. Anyway, it's funny. There's sibilance in the word sibilance. I'm off topic. Anyway, we normally see that we will drop below the S-curve demand model and then rally above it. So you could make an argument that Bitcoin could drop below $40,000. However, what we saw last year is that we saw the market drop all the way down to 30k which is what it predicted that's a good point now let's actually look at the bitcoin dormancy flow bitcoin dormancy flow down here i'm not gonna have time to go into too much detail on this but this is something called uh, entity adjusted dormancy flow whenever it drops down into this zone over here you can see it's currently at 240 that's when we see bottoms so take a look on this s curve up here we're looking at what the price was when it bottomed out on the s curve and then that also lines up with when we bottomed out on the dormancy flow bottomed out at 185 at the bottom at 31 uh, $3, bottomed out at 232 at the bottom at 4904 dollars bottomed out at 246 at 29,800 dollars bottoming out right now at 240 dollars when we're currently trading at 42,000 this all indicates that the bottom is not only close, but more or less indicates that the bottom is in. Tim. I had no idea that this line existed. Do you know what this line is perfectly representing though? What? I talked about this the other day when I was hosting the show. That is a line I found using extended lines. I think we even have a social media post about it. Using extended lines of touching the low we had at the spring back in July and what we are at right now. I found all these touches with a straight line on the log chart. Yep. Uh, that is that's actually super super interesting. I yep. have never seen this post before, and I'm finding that to be uh, a confirmation. Yeah, no, it's true, found. and I and I and I know the line you're talking about because I've been talking about that line for like five years. Yeah. Should jump on my screen. I'll show what he's talking about. Not five years for pretty much the entire time I've been in crypto. I've been looking at the line that you're talking about on the weekly chart. You can see it right here. This is more. This is not the exact S curve that they're talking about, but it's pretty dang close. This line goes all the way back to May of 2011. I I think I made a dedicated video on this back in the day. Then we also saw a bottom uh, bottoms here on April and then July. Then we also saw a top here in March 2015. Tops here, tops here, tops here, bottom here, uh, bottom here, top there. And then we see two more bottoms here. We're, by the way, for anyone who's not familiar with the Bitcoin chart, this is literally the entire history of Bitcoin. Like back over here, this is when Bitcoin was trading at five cents. So this is in 2010. This is the entire history of Bitcoin that we are looking at right now. And to back up Tim's point, guess where we're sitting? on top of that line. Now, have we gone below this line in history? Yes, absolutely. But have we ever gone very far below this line during the mature phase of Bitcoin? No. We went decently far below it here, but Bitcoin was trading at $3. So I'm not going to put too much stock in that price action. Yeah. Looking back over here, we only went below when there was a ton of FUD in the market in early 2019 and when there was a global crisis, I will use that word, going on in uh, 2020. So those are the only times we've gone below this line. And I do think we're going to continue above that line, at least for the next several years. It's, and we might go below it a little bit, but I think we're going to stay mostly above it. It sounds, it's it's such a good line though, too, because when you look at it, even the times you cross, because as you can see right there, we've tested it as support and resistance several times. But if you zoom in on those places where we'd cross it and either cross bearish or bullish, it's not with ease. It's not one clean candle that just gets through. It is 
a struggle. And I think when I was looking at it, I was looking at the three-daily chart. Looking at the three-daily chart, every single time, it hesitates at that line. So my point the other day was, this doesn't mean we won't cross below it, but it is something when we touch this line ever, whether we're above it coming down or whether we're below it going up, Pay attention to yeah, this line. It's true. Yeah, and that, and since we're above it right now, guys, it will give you a ton of support. So this is a line that you want to be paying close, close attention to. So I'm going to go ahead and bring this in very briefly. Fear and greed index down at around 21. The reason that this is important is because what you see on fear and greed, if you zoom out to the last year, is a lot of times you'll see a double bottom on fear and greed. Remember back to September, we saw a double bottom down to 21. Back over here, we saw like a quadruple bottom down to 10 in June and July. And so far, we've only seen one drop down to 10. So there is an argument to be made based on fear and greed index uh, and that historicity, I love that word, of the crypto fear and greed index over time that we could potentially see a double bottom on it. And then we could end up seeing Bitcoin drop down to 40000 or $38,000 again. I personally don't think that's going to happen, but it is an argument that you may hear and that actually isn't a bad one. Now, I also want to talk about this. This is really big. I'm not going to go into too much detail on this because it's just, I mean, you can read the headline and you kind of understand what's going on. Following Miami, Brazil city Rio de Janeiro, which is, Rio, that was a weird way to pronounce that, Rio, Rio de, de Janeiro. Janeiro. I was trying to pronounce it really funnily and I was like, I just pronounced it with a massive Southern accent. That's not what I was going for. Rio de Janeiro is looking to hold 1% off of crypto reserves in Bitcoin and pay taxes with Bitcoin. So you kind of get the point just with the headline. According to Mayor Eduardo Paiz, I believe that's how you pronounce that, is he, uh, Rio de Janeiro is expected to become the first Brazilian city to buy Bitcoin as a store of value. In addition, the city administration is looking to offer discounts for those who pay taxes in Bitcoin. <sighs> Why is this important? Well, number one, Rio de Janeiro is the fourth largest city in South America. Uh, number two, it's got millions and millions and millions of people living there. Number three, it's such an influential city that the Olympics were there. So we know it's a powerful city. And number four, the nation of Brazil adopting Bitcoin in any capacity, even if it's just one city, is huge because when Brazil, and I think it is more of a win rather than an if, when Brazil, and it might be 15 years from now, but when Brazil adopts Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency as its, as its sovereign nation, uh, as its sovereign national currency, that is going to have, have a knock-on effect on the rest of the entire continent of South, of South America and Central America and the uh, subcontinent of Central America. We are going to see a massive, massive influx of, an, uh, of adoption if Brazil moves in that direction. Now, there's been room Rumors that Brazil might adopt Bitcoin in the future. There have been reasons to believe that it's not going to. This right here will be a test bed for the national government of Brazil to see how does this play out. This is a news story that's very early. It is breaking, but we're going to keep you up to date because this could end up being one of the biggest adoption stories that we have seen in a long time, only following El Salvador. Now, another headline I want to read to you here. Coinbase acquires FairX mar uh, exchange to make derivatives markets approachable, approachable to millions of retail customers. Through this acquisition, we plan to bring crypto derivatives to market initially through FairX's existed partner ecosystem, Coinbase Detailed. Over time, we plan to leverage FairX's infrastructure to offer crypto derivatives to all Coinbase customers in the U.S. The NASDAQ-listed company added, we want to make the derivatives market more approachable for our millions of retail customers by delivering easy-to-use user experience that Coinbase is known for. They also said, these products are in high demand from investors who seek to uh, effectively manage risk, execute complex trading strategies, and gain uh, exposure to crypto markets outside of existing spot markets. This is very important because it sets precedent. 
this is not important because, oh, another exchange is going to have derivatives on it. This is important because it will be the first publicly traded cryptocurrency exchange in the United States that has derivatives on it. There's only one, and it is Coinbase, and Coinbase doesn't have this yet. This will be a shot across the bow at the Securities and Exchange Commission because the SEC is probably not going to like this, but the SEC is also kind of choosing Coinbase to lead this. So we're going to see a lot of very interesting political back and forth going between Coinbase and the Securities and Exchange Commission, maybe to a slighter extent the CFTC, but mainly the SEC if this goes through. There's going to be a lot of very interesting news coming out about this if they do try to go this route, because the SEC might not be a fan of it, but Coinbase might just be too big for the SEC to stop, especially since the SEC helped Coinbase to get where it is right now. They've kind of chosen Coinbase as a winner, you might say. Now, this is another report I want to read just really quickly. 70% of U.S. crypto holders started investing in 2021 report. Here's why this is important. I've been in the crypto space for four and a half years. I remember the first year that I was in crypto. Guess what? I sucked. I didn't know anything. And I was working in the space every single day. I made so many bad decisions. And thank God I didn't have that much money back then because I probably would have lost a lot of it. But then year two came around, I got better. And then year three came around, I got better. And now year four came around and I got better. And now I'm in my fifth year, or well, I'm, I'm almost to five years. I've been in crypto since July 31st, 2017. So it'll be five years this July. The first year, I was not very good at it. I was, I was in the weak hands camp and I would get freaked out every time the market dropped. And I tried to be good and I tried to be wise and I was trying to learn, but it just takes time. And so the thing I want to encourage you guys with this headline is that many of you guys have probably been in the space in the last year. Have patience because you get better at this as it goes. Think about it like this. If you put a person who's played chess 10 times against a person who has played chess a thousand times, statistically speaking, the person who's played chess a thousand times is probably going to win nine out of 10 games. Why? Because they have more time in the market. They have more experience in the game and they just understand because they've seen more scenarios. So I encourage you that if you've been in the space, give it time. You're going to be fine. And as far as the macro market sentiment is concerned, as these 70% of U.S. crypto holders continue to mature, they're going to turn into stronger hands. They're going to turn into larger portfolios. They're going to turn into the smart money. They are going to provide a solid foundation for the growth of this industry, and they're going to invest in the projects of the future and make sure that they're picking the right ones. And finally, most importantly, they're going to learn enough to be respectable voices in their own communities that people are going to listen to. Not many people listen to me about Bitcoin when I've been in it for six months. Pretty much everybody listens to me when I talk about Bitcoin now because I've been in it for five years. So as these investors mature and they've been in the space longer, not only is it going to be good for them, not only is it going to be good for the market, it's also going to be good for marketing. And we're going to see more growth of the crypto space than we've ever seen before. Really, really interesting statistic. And I'm very excited about it. With that said, let's go ahead and jump straight on into some super chats. We've got a couple minutes here and then we're going to move on to Ethereum. Okay, Mike Markle. Hey, hey friends. Mike. Any thoughts on staking ADEX through eMarkets? Anyone currently staking theirs? You can stake ADEX? I didn't even know that. If you can stake ADEX, oh. yeah, I, I have ADEX on I, X Markets. I bought it yesterday. I bought it through X Markets. I, I have mine on X Markets. It, I think it's the only place you can get it right now. ADEX is a project that I honestly believe will either go to zero or 100X. I don't see much in between. So I, I do have a portfolio in it. And I'm, and I'm, I'm very inclined to believe it's going to be the 100X category. But yeah. I didn't know you could stake it. If you can stake it, why not? I mean, Good to know. no reason not to. Yeah. Uh, Stu said, uh, thoughts on Gala? Gala is massively undervalued. I think Kelly said Gala equals buy in chat earlier. Gala, I made a bold prediction on Altcoin Daily Show on New Year's Day. 
and I said that I believe, actually I made this, I tweeted this and I talked about it there. I said, I believe a gaming cryptocurrency will be in the top 10 by the end of next year. And the reason I said that is because gaming blockchains are so nascent right now. They're so new. And gaming is already a multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry. There's so much money in it. And frankly, the gaming industry probably is not as profitable as it could be. You add blockchain and all the ways to make money in blockchain and you... The, the gaming economy in blockchain will probably be 10 times the size of the regular gaming economy just because of how much money is in the crypto space and how you can earn money through playing games, how much people are going to be willing to invest. Because instead of people put it throwing away $5,000 into microtransactions, buying skins in League of Legends, what they're going to be doing is they're going to put that into a Gala token. They're going to put that into uh, you know an Axie Infinity. They're going to put that into the market cap, and it's going to rise the price. It's going to allow them to make more money through pay for uh, pay to earn cryptocurrency gaming and i do believe you're going to see uh probably a 30 to 50 billion dollar cryptocurrency gaming platform uh by the end of the year i do believe that and i think gala has the opportunity to be one of those and by the way the other reason is because gala is not just uh one game there's a ton of games on gala so i do think that it is going to be very successful i think it's not a blue chip but i think it could become one i think it's a good idea to have it in your portfolio i personally don't because i don't touch gaming anymore i stopped playing video games for personal and and, uh, mental reasons but i do think it's a solid project it's in a nice little falling wedge too yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Gala, I think, is a good pickup. I haven't looked at the chart in a week or two, but as far as the technicals, I do think it's going to be good. Matt C said, Gala gang, stand up. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a super chat asking, uh, what are your thoughts on quant? Quant, crypto quant. I have not looked at it enough to give you a solid opinion on that, so I'm yeah. going to have to pass on that. I was Kelly in chat might be able to tell you. Yeah, I was looking at it. It's uh, one of the few that uh, has very limited uh, coins. It's only like 14 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good. So hmm, Cool. I'd um, look more in the fundamentals than that, but that's cool. No, for yep. sure. Um, want to shout out William Young. Thank you for the, the super chat. Um, Carlos C. asked, your thoughts on Crow, up, down. What do you think of the Super Bowl coming up with crypto? <laughs> uh, the uh, Crow, the Super Bowl question is more of a Tim question than me. But as far as Crow, the cryptocurrency, it's a good project. Excuse me. It's a good company. I don't know much yeah, about yeah. crypto.com, the, the cryptocurrency. It's a good company. Except the token, the cryptocurrency itself, Crow, is heavily manipulated by the nature of why people yeah. invest in it. Most people that bought Crow did not buy Crow for the project. They bought it because they have to lock up Crow to be able to get the debit cards that have you know two, four, six, and eight percent cash back over on Crypto.com. It's a heavily manipulated market in a very centralized way. It's not a bad investment. It probably will do well. I personally prefer to have financial sovereignty over my currency, and I don't yeah. have financial sovereignty over Crow where I might over a Bitcoin. But as far as the Super Bowl question, Tam, I'll throw that to you. I think it's phenomenal because it'll bring attention. People will see Crypto.com, right? And they're not going to say, oh, I need to go buy Crypto uh, Crow. They'll go look at crypto and they'll look at Bitcoin and they'll look at Ethereum and Cardano and DOT and, and AVAX and all these other ones. And, and I think it's going to be an amazing adoption. I've said this before and I'll say it again hundreds of times, if not thousands. When the sports world gets involved in crypto, it's game over. There's a lot of re- there are a lot of communities that will help crypto explode. Institutions, gaming industry. But when the sports world... 
People love their sports, and they'll throw money at stuff that helps their sports. So. Yes, they absolutely will. Guys, can we get a hashtag Fensov in chat? And anybody who doesn't know what that is, go ahead and educate them in chat. But before we jump into Ethereum, I want to bring a word from a sponsor of ours that we are incredibly excited to be working with. They're known as iTrust Capital. Many of you guys have asked about iTrust Capital, what our thoughts are on them. We've actually been working with them for the last month or so, and I absolutely love the company. Let me explain to you what they are. iTrust Capital is a company where you can buy, sell, trade cryptocurrency through an IRA. Now, if you don't know what that is and why that's significant, IRAs are investment vehicles that the government has set up that allow you to defer taxes until whenever you pull out of the IRA. It's basically a container. This is what our financial advisor has told us and he talked about on the stream. And by the way, I'm not a financial advisor, but I'll give you a little bit of an explanation. They're basically a container where you put money in and you don't pay taxes until you take out of the container. So if you have an IRA and you want to trade in crypto and not have to worry about paying taxes and you can defer those, iTrust Capital is going to be able to help you with that. As you know, you can buy and sell 24-7 in the cryptocurrency space. Instead of paying taxes on your crypto every single year, you can defer taxes until you retire using an iTrust, using iTrust Capital's crypto IRA. Or at the iTrust Capital, you can withdraw tax-free at retirement. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies 24-7 from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages. It's easy to use. I've looked at it. It is very easy to use. It only takes a few minutes to create a free account. If you want to join the crypto conversation, enjoy those tax advantages, check out iTrust Capital because I have always said that the first company, I've said this for years, I've always said the first company that does this right. What is this? They build a way to trade cryptocurrency with an IRA. The first company that does that is going to be ridiculously successful. And I'm very thankful that a company like iTrust Capital is the company that has done that. Many of my colleagues in the crypto space have worked with them. They are a very trustworthy company. I do stand behind them and I'm very excited to be partnered with them. Sign up down below, check out the link, go to itrustcapital.com and start investing today. You're not going to be, you're very, you're definitely not going to be sad you did. You're instead going to be glad you did. How about that for a closing statement there? But let's go ahead and jump onto Ethereum here. ETH over US dollar is in a very interesting position. Ethereum right now has a support zone in between $2,700 and $3,000. We've talked about this support zone at length, so I'm going to not go into a crazy amount of detail on it. But what I do want you guys to know is that Ethereum right now is trying to bounce in the same way Bitcoin is trying to bounce. What we're doing right now is it's almost as if we're in a, uh, a very new relationship. You know, we've been in a relationship with this uptrend for about five days and we're like, oh man, this is really exciting, but we really need to see where this goes. We really need to see if this solidifies itself. Like, is this gonna last? Is this uptrend going to last? We kind of got to get to know each other. You know, we have to get to know the market. The market has to get to know us. We just don't really know. Are the bulls and the bears going to allow this thing to continue going on? The longer we are in an uptrend, the more confident we can be. So when we're looking down on the four hourly chart, Let's take a look at what ETH is doing. Oh yeah, it's doing the exact same thing Bitcoin is doing. It's forming a cup and handle formation. We have a rim line right here around $3,400. If we do a price target here, and depending on how you extrapolate it, there's different ways people extrapolate cup and handles. I'll show you both of them. We're looking at between $3,700 price target and $3,900 price target. That $3,900 price target is very interesting because that would actually put us up here at the recent local high back in early January. Getting up to 4K would be remarkably powerful. Now, Bitcoin is the leader in this space and the altcoins follow it. Ethereum is one of the only cryptos in the entire market that could properly break away from Bitcoin and it really mean anything. There are definitely cryptos that break away from crypto, uh, break away from Bitcoin. We saw Secret and we saw Doge up double digits today. 
Ethereum is the only major crypto that could break away from it and actually start a market-wide uptrend whenever Bitcoin fails to. I've seen it happen many times, and I do hope that it happens this time. But let's go ahead and go through our technical indicators as well. Looking at the MACD, number one, because there's two things to look at here. Number one, bullish MACD divergence. That much is obvious. Uh, You can see right here. And then number two, there's also bullish RSI divergence. This is very important. Why? Because divergences don't lie. It's very uncommon for divergences to tell you something and then them not take place. I mean, for example, let's take a look at these highs up here. There's two highs there. There's two lows there or higher highs, lower highs downtrend. It's just normally going to play out. It's very common that RSI divergence will play out the way that you will expect it to. Now, the other thing on MACD is that we're actually looking at a bullish MACD cross happening right now. It's very, very important that we do see that, and I think we're going to. Another thing to look at here is the fact that we're looking at the Bollinger Bands uh, widening quite a bit. This signals that there's a lot of volatility in the space. And by the way, if you want to learn more about volatility in Bitcoin and why Bitcoin is so volatile, why Bitcoin Episode six is coming, excuse me, Episode 3 is coming out at 6 today on volatility. You're not going to want to miss that video. It might be the best why Bitcoin that we've done so far. I'm really, really proud of it. I'm really excited about it. Smay and T-Shroom absolutely killed it. And I think it's a great video. Now, looking at some of our other technical indicators here, we can see down on the four hourly chart Lux Algo. This is something I want to point out to you. Lux Algo has told us that we are in an uptrend. Uh, here's the deal, though. Remember what we've said about Lux Algo. Lux Algo should not be used in a vacuum. Now, Lux Algo has given us a confirmed buy signal here. That being said, even with Luxalgo, which is, I found with the way that my strategy works about 70 to 75% of the time, it is going to be accurate. That still gives a 20 to 25% or whatever the number is of the time that it's not going to be accurate. That is not the fault of Luxalgo. There is never going to be a 100% accurate uh, strategy, uh, uh, prediction of what the market's going to do unless you somehow have an omniscient understanding of every single trade that's being made in the market. If you knew that, yeah, you could understand where the market's going if you could see the future. We can't do that. What we're looking for here is a couple days of confirmation. And as I showed you with Bitcoin, I want to ask the question, what do we need to see to see more confirmation? Now that we've seen Lux Algo go by, uh, it, it is saying, hey, we're going into an uptrend. Now we want to say, okay, well, cool. Lux Algo says we're in an uptrend. I want more confirmation. One of the things that jumps out at me is a downtrend right here. We could very well see a bump and run form happen on, Ether- on Ethereum here. That would require Ethereum getting back up above 3500 bucks and then coming back and backtesting this downtrend. That could be something that would give us more confirmation. We could see Ethereum get above this trend line right here. This trend line right here connects bottoms going all the way back to October. If we got above that, above 3500 and backtested and bounced, that'd be great. So basically what I'm talking about right now on Ethereum is I want to see a little bit more confirmation. I want to see Ethereum rally a little bit more before I start putting too much stock in this uptrend. Yes, the the uh, Lux Algo has given us a buy signal. And by the way, Bitcoin and Ethereum have played out that buy signal. That doesn't mean that buy signal is invalid. We saw the buy signal here and we went here. So it has been accurate. The question is how long will it last? Because to my knowledge, it has not occurred yet on the daily chart for Ethereum. We've seen a couple of the signals, but I don't think we've seen all three. In fact, we have not. Out on the daily chart, we have not seen a green trend catcher, and we have not seen a buy signal. We've barely even seen green Lux Oscillator. So yes, Lux Algo has given us a strong buy signal on the four-hourly chart, or excuse me, a buy signal, not strong, a normal buy signal on the four-hourly chart. We have not seen it on the daily. Basically, what I'm doing right now with Ethereum is I'm saying, huh, It seems promising. I want to see some proof before I get married to the idea, to use the previous analogy. I want to see Bitcoin and Ethereum go into an uptrend for another three, four, five, six days before I really get confident that we're in an uptrend. The longer it goes, the more confident we can be in it. That's my take. Tim, I would love your thoughts on Ethereum. 
I mean, it's looking good. I, I don't it know is what to say. Good. Then. Especially the farther out you're looking, guys, it's bullish. It's really easy to get locked in on short time frame stuff. Um, but as a whole, the crypto market is looking very bullish. And I know some people don't like that because it's really hard to look at these prices falling and say uh, there's bullish. At the end of the day, I kind of I put this on my Twitter yesterday. Um, actually, it might be one of my most uh, interacted tweets I've ever put. But this is the problem. Most people will say, I want to wait for the dip to buy. I want to wait for the exact bottom before I buy. Well, we hit those bottoms. And they're convinced that's not the bottom they want to wait. Then it starts to rally in reverse. And they're like, well, I, I'm going to wait for the next bottom. Sure enough, the price reverses, comes back down, and the trend starts all over. Well, no, no, I'm waiting for the bottom. This isn't the bottom yet. There needs to come a point where you know someone is going to buy the bottom. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get up to a certain point to say, hey, I might not be perfectly at the bottom. But I know that buying right now was better than buying a month ago because there's if I had bought a month ago versus right now, uh, you know that's a twenty percent dip. I'm gonna go ahead and buy right now, and even if we go down another five percent, ten percent in the long run, because the longevity, especially the farther out we go on these charts, it is extremely bullish. It's gonna be a good buy. I, I, please, like I, I, if anyone took anything away from this show. Do not wait for perfect opportunities to buy. Wait for good opportunities to buy. And in my opinion, but I want you to form your own, this is a good opportunity to buy. Absolutely, guys. Well, let's go ahead and keep moving here. We're going to look at Phantom, then we're going to look at HBAR, two very commonly suggested cryptocurrencies for us to look at that we have not actually looked at that much. Phantom is a very interesting project, and I just learned an interesting statistic about it this morning. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, because you were in the call with Kelly this morning. I believe Kelly told me that at the beginning of last year, Phantom had, I think, 5,000 active wallets, and at the end of last year, they had something like 2 million. So Phantom kind of came out of nowhere and has been doing exceptionally well this year. It's currently a $7.6 billion cryptocurrency. If we look at its all-time price history, at the beginning of 2021, it was trading at, as you can see right here, let's get on the dot, uh, 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 1.6 cents. At the moment, it's trading at $3. So it's undergone a massive rally. It's sitting at 26. It is a layer one that has the ability to build dApps and decentralized applications and DeFi and all of that stuff on top of it. It's another layer one protocol. Now, as far as its technicals are concerned, they actually look very promising. A couple of reasons for that. Number one, it's actually not that far below all-time high. It's only down 14%, but it's not like it didn't have a correction from all-time high. It pulled back 64%. So I'm not looking at this saying, okay, well, Phantom needs to go back down to 80% retrace from all-time high. No, it, it, it did it. And we put an inverse head and shoulders pattern in here, and it rallied. Then it rallied very hard. And when it rallied very hard, we've set an ascending triangle pattern right here. We had a bump and run where it pulled back and then rallied. Both of those are very bullish patterns. And it's sitting right below all-time high. And it's not sitting below all-time high because it never had a correction. It did. It's actually sitting below all-time high because it's bullish. And so this pattern actually looks very exciting to me. So I'm not personally going to be investing in Phantom right now. However, there might be a strong trade opportunity here. I don't have a ton of time to go into it today. But I would encourage you that if you're looking for a medium cap altcoin, it's sitting at 26 on CoinMarketCap. Go and look at Phantom because Phantom's uh, fundamentals look pretty interesting and its chart actually looks very solid. The final thing I'll say on it is that it is in a massive inverse head and shoulders pattern here, and if it does play out that IH&S, that inverse head and shoulders pattern would have a price target of about uh, four to, uh, about $5 going from $3, so that would be, what would that be, an 80% run, uh, 65% run from basically where it is right now. I think you're going to find some opportunities on Phantom, so I would yeah. encourage you to go and look I, for it. I don't know if you pointed out or not, because I was going back and forth in the chart and chat. Did you talk about that hidden uh, bullish R side divergence on the daily chart? I did not. Let me show them. The yeah. 
Yeah. RSI Divergence, I haven't actually seen it. You're pointing it out to me. Let me see if I can find it. Don't yeah. tell me. Don't tell me okay, where it is. Yeah, Don't tell me where it is. It. Don't tell me where it is. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, right here. Are you looking at uh, November 18th down to 14th of December? Is that what you're looking at right here? November 18th? I'm yes. looking at December 30th. Okay. Is the first bottom. Oh, you're looking at more recently. Okay, yeah. yeah, I see it. No, it's right there. Yeah, no, that right there is definitely bullish RSI divergence. And that's already started playing out. You can see in the last four days, yeah. we've rallied all the way up to $3. I thought you were talking about a more macro time frame. Yeah, no, yeah. frame. No, I definitely see that. I did, I, quick tidbit for everybody. I was teaching, actually, Greg and uh, Smay this the other day. The difference between bullish RSI divergence, regular bullish RSI divergence, and hidden, and it's the same for bear, I'm just talking about bullish right now, is notice right now we're kind of in an uptrend. When you see hidden bullish RSI divergence, meaning the price continues to go up on the bottoms, but the RSI went down, that is indicating there is going to be a continuation. Mm -hmm. When it's regular, that's when the price goes down, but the RSI went up, that's a reversal. So this is an indication of a continuation uh, RSI divergence. Yep. So yep. let's go ahead and keep moving here on to HBAR. You guys ask about this one quite a bit too. There's a lot of them. Uh, uh, Hedera, I believe, is the way that it is said. Uh, Hedera hash graph over Tether. Let's go ahead and take a look at this chart. You can see we did some analysis on this a while back. We have not talked about this project in a very long time. It right now has an interesting position. Let's go ahead and look at HBAR over here. Uh, Hedera over on CoinMarketCap. It's ranked number 33, $5 billion market cap, uh, about almost $20 billion in circulation. And it's had a pretty strong rally from about $0.27 cents all the way up to $0.28 cents in just the last couple of days. But if we look at its price action, it's doing a couple of things that are relatively interesting. It currently is in basically a giant triangle pattern. You can see it right here. We have an uptrend right there. And then there is a relatively hard to see and a little bit of a vague downtrend. But there is definitely a downtrend right there. We've seen constricting volatility for the last pretty much year. And that probably will end up breaking out. If we just look at the Bollinger Bands on the weekly chart, I can almost guarantee you that they're constricting. They are. See that. We want to see Hedera come down here to its support level, which basically has around 24 cents, and then bounce and rally. We're also seeing on the weekly chart a spinning top. That could indicate that we're going to have bullish movement to the upside. We saw a bullish engulfing candlestick formation right there. That's bullish. Looking at some of our longer-term TA, we can see that the MACD is bearish. It is uh, pretty much trading sideways as far as, it's the, as the divergence, though. So if we start going into an uptrend, we could see a bullish MACD cross come in to converge and help it move to the upside. My opinion, based on some preliminary analysis of this, is that contingent on its fundamentals, it looks like it's in a pretty solid spot to be thinking about accumulating. I would be careful about trading it because we're not in a trend. We're trading sideways, but we have pulled back recently to 55% from all-time high. That does indicate that it has had a solid correction. It has shaken out weak hands, and it has built a strong foundation. Final thing I'll say on that is that if we look at VPVR, we have built a ton of VPVR support uh, right in between 23 and 40 cents. So that is a solid sign that we could use this as a foundation to continue moving to the upside. I think if you're going to invest in this, the technical or a green light. You're going to want to look at the fundamentals, though, to see if it's something that you should do. Now, guys, let's go to full screen. We have, let's see, um, 966 likes. We're almost at 1,000. Let's see if we can't get to 1,500 likes here before the stream. Let's see if we can't get to 1,200 in the next two minutes. I know we can. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We still have a lot of content lined up for you. It's our mission to help you achieve a purpose-driven life, and it's our vision to help you achieve financial sovereignty so that you can fund that purpose-driven life. If you guys want to have the good life, if you will, we have a formula for it, and we would love to help you with it because it's not something that you luck into. Luck helps. Faith helps. Fate helps. But what you really need to do is you have to make a conscious decision today that you're going to be successful because it is a decision. It's not something that happens to you. It's something that you cause to happen to the world. If you want to be successful, make that decision and come along with us because we want to help you in that journey. With that said, let's go ahead and read some Super Chats. 
Uh, shout out to California Structure Inspector. Thank you for your donation. Uh, Jason H. He said he asked two questions. Um, resupply and volume. Does K stand mining problem pressure supply? And can institutions buy Bitcoin without showing as exchange volume? Uh, you know, and yes, the Kazakhstan, uh, Kazakhstan, excuse me, um, having their, let me bring up the, uh, Bitcoin hash rate real quick. Kazakhstan going offline, I don't believe has had a huge impact on the, no. bit, on the total hash rate. It's really more of a news story than it is an actual on-chain, uh, hit to the market. Let's just look here at the, I don't even know if you're going to be able to see this because the way the, sh the shot is framed, but if we look at the last 30 days here on total hash rate, this may might be able to change that so we can actually see it a little bit better. But if we look at the total hash rate on January 6th, I'll read the numbers to you. Total hash rate hit an all-time high, or at least a local high. I believe it was just under all-time high of 183 million terahash. It has dropped down to 174 million terahash. So there has been a 10 million terahash drop. Here's the thing. That's very, very common in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So it's kind of difficult to attribute a, you know, a 5% drop or a 4 or 5% drop to a news source. So yes, Kazakhstan going offline for a little while, and I'm not actually sure if they're back online yet, but that going offline is not great, obviously, but it's not going to affect the supply because the, because the, the, um, the, um, cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin's, uh, network difficulty adjusts every two weeks. So you can see right here, every two weeks it adjusts. It's in the trillions right now. So it's at the moment, the network difficulty is around 24 trillion. It has not changed. So the hash rate, if we just overlay the hash rate on top of it, you can see the hash rate has been trading sideways. Network difficulty has been trading sideways. So Kazakhstan doesn't seem to have had a big impact on the network difficulty or on the hash rate. I think it is a little overhyped. We talked about it one day, but that's why we haven't brought it back up is because I haven't actually seen it have a big impact on the price. It's very easy to talk about, hey, look at this big news story because it's big and flashy and sexy and it gets a lot of clicks when the on-chain metrics and the technical analysis and the long-term fundamental growth is what's actually driving the adoption of crypto and Bitcoin and the price. That's why we talk about that. And we mentioned the news, but even like I talked about with Coinbase, hey, I'm going to read you this headline. I'm not going to go into too much detail on it because it doesn't matter yet. It might, but it doesn't matter yet. Same thing with this Brazil news. It's promising, but it's speculative. It hasn't happened yet. We want to see it happen, but we haven't gotten there yet. It could be a big deal, but right now we're just kind of informing you that it's happened. So we informed you about Kazakhstan. It hasn't happened yet. Now, the second part of that question, will you remind me real quick? Uh, can institutions uh, buy Bitcoin without showing it as exchange volume? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's called over-the-counter trading. So there's two ways of trading. Well, there's three ways of trading Bitcoin. Peer-to-peer, -peer, or any cryptocurrency, peer-to-peer. -peer, I can send Bitcoin to Tim, and he can send me $5,000 for $5,000 worth of Bitcoin. Peer-to-peer. -peer. There's exchange trading. That is where you have a, a ton of people come together to form what's known as a market. Market. So you're looking at your Binance's, your Coinbase's, your FTX, your um, Huobi, uh, Bybit, BitMEX, whatever the exchange is. And the third way is called over-the-counter. So over-the-counter is like peer-to-peer, -peer, except it's institutionalized and normally you're working with more than $10 million. So over-the-counter, not, not necessarily, but normally you're working in the millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions of dollars. That is where you go to an institution and you say, hey, institution, Coinbase does this. Hey, Coinbase, I want to buy $50 million worth of Bitcoin, but I don't want to go on exchange because the market price changes because you're working in a market. It's the nature of the way markets work. So they say, hey, we want to buy $50 million worth of Bitcoin at a flat rate. 
most of the time when you're buying exorbitant amounts of crypto, we're talking over $10 million, you're buying over the counter because normally there's not $10 million worth of Bitcoin being sold or bought at the exact same level. So you can't buy or sell it at the exact same level on a market. You can do it from a Coinbase that has billions of dollars of crypto being held. So you might go to Coinbase and say, hey, I want to buy uh, 15,000 Bitcoin at a price of uh, $42,000 a coin, whatever it is. And then they add their fee in there and it doesn't show up on an exchange, doesn't show up on an order book. It will, however, show up on the Bitcoin blockchain. So yes, that is something that can happen. And no, it doesn't normally have that big of an impact on the price of Bitcoin, which is why if a whale is doing a massive trade in the tens of thousands of Bitcoin on exchange, either one, they're probably some guy that lucked into $3 billion worth of crypto and they live in their basement and they don't, you know, they don't have a whole company behind them. But normally the people that are whales are the people that have a massive company behind them and they are working with institutions that have all these contacts and they are uh, more likely to use institutions. So the institutions uh, do work that way. So great question. Mm. Colin Arslan, he asked, what are your thoughts on Cody, the distributor of DiGed for ADA? Cody is a project I've heard a lot about. I don't want to weigh in on something that I'm not very well versed in, so I'm not going to be able to help you there. Kelly in chat may be able to give you his take on it because Kelly, you know, all day he's researching cryptocurrencies and altcoins. I mainly focus on the cryptos that I'm invested in as far as doing deep fundamental research. Those are coins like things I'm in, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. Uh, I'm in, uh, I have like a, a little bit of XRP, you know, I have a little bit of basic attention token. Those are really small. ADAX, I have a little bit of. I have some uh, Chainlink uh, and a few others. So those are the ones that I really focus on a lot. Yeah. I, I found, I saw that a Dayjed, I guess, was built over the weekend. It's like a stable coin. Yeah. Built on ADA's uh, okay. blockchain. Cool. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Striker 2099. Have you guys looked into doing yield farming in ADA? I've heard people will be able to yield. F- a yield farm multiple times with the same ADA. Really? That's interesting. I have not I have not seen that. I am going to look into that. No, there's a lot of money to be made in yield farming, guys, and it's something that I'm actually I'm planning on getting more into. It's something T Shroom was doing a lot of, and I was going to learn from him, but then he went off to basic training. So, oops. Freaking T Shroom. Freaking T Shroom serving his country. How dare he? Uh, we got a super chat from Jeremiah. He said, good morning, guys. When you get a chance, can you take another look at the crypto jackpot win? It's a skill-based tournament, not gambling. I think this is from, we talked about it yesterday. Um, I looked at, well, he asked in chat yesterday. I, it's I looked not into gambling? It. It's not gambling. Like, it looks like it's just you put a bunch of money into a, into a pot and everybody's playing with like uh, crypto. What are they playing? It just looks like... Uh, <sighs> Regular, Listen, you have to spend money computer. and you might lose it, but it's right. not gambling. Right. I would agree. It, I mean, it's, it's not gambling. I mean, <laughs> that, we can't use that argument against it because then people can use that argument against Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. my goodness. No, um, no, that's, to be fair, like, there is a small bit of gambling in, in crypto. Every time you a little bit, yeah. Gambling, There's a gambling so, in driving a car down the yeah, road. There's always a little bit of gambling. Life's about gambling. Life's no, about it really gambling. It's about risk. <laughs> it's about wearing the risk and the rewards, my friends. No, really, though. Um, D Prime, thank you for the donation. Elliot Locke, he said, so glad I got into crypto and found this channel. 2021, I was able to get married and take two weeks honeymoon, all paid for with my profits. Wow. Whoa. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Elliot Locke, by the way, is an awesome name. I'm sure your wife is happy to share that name. Congratulations to you, my friend. That's so cool. See, that's what we're talking about. This is what gets me so fired up is the financial sovereignty aspect. You were able to make money in crypto enough that you were able to take profits out and enjoy two weeks with your new wife. I am so happy for you man that's what we're about yeah my goal is not 
for you to be able to have a flashier car so that you can flex on your neighbor and keep up with the Joneses and you know work more in the rat race. My dream is for you to be able to have experiences. And yeah, if it's your dream to own a Ferrari, you go get a Ferrari. Don't let anybody tell you that that's a bad dream. You go get it. Make sure you're making your money in a legal and ethical way, but you go treat yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Make sure you have the right heart behind it. it but our dream is for you guys to be able to have experiences with your family and you guys be able to donate to your charities and your ministries and your churches. That's what we're about. That's what makes our heart. That's our heartbeat song, as the song goes. That's what we want. We want to see you live a purpose-driven life. If it's your purpose to be a husband, and I guess it is, congratulations for you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us is all I got to say. What's even better is being able to do those trips and not have to come home and be like freaking out because you spent yeah. all your money. That's yeah. a lot. But this was the first year I've ever done that. This is the first year I've paid for vacations before, but every single time it's one of those things like, hey, we're going to go on vacation and spend all our money and come back and pray really hard that uh, yeah. that money. This was the first year uh, Taylor and I got to go snowboarding. I got sick, so that was unfortunate. But we came home. We're like, all right, let's get back to normal. That was uh, that we're good to go. And it's because of crypto giving that financial yeah sovereignty uh, to actually make wise decisions. Absolutely. So, yeah. I'm so awesome. happy for you, Tim, by the way. I was, I, I know was, that's, I'm, you, you walked out of the office, myself. you walked out of the office like two weeks ago and you said that, and that just kind of like made my heart melt a little bit. Cause I'm like, yeah. man, let's go. I told somebody, I literally told Corey at the barber yesterday, you said that to me. Yep. I was like, I'm just so happy for Tim, you know, mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome. Uh, Polo ships. He asked, how about checks? It's mysterious. No, it's many. a dollar. I made the same mistake. Oh. Just hex. Oh, just hex. Oh, Sorry, hex. my bad. Yeah, it's not a project I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Jody, can you show how you chart Gala games? I'm confused. Would love to see you do it. How you chart it? Uh, I assume you mean the technical analysis. I can show you the technical analysis. Gala, I, but I don't know if there's. I don't know if the question's trying to go a little deeper into specific games. On Gala? There are a lot of very strong games on Gala. Now, if you guys want, our team can start looking at Gala games. I stopped video games about six months ago because they were distracting me from my life. And not that games are a bad thing. I think games are an amazing uh, community building thing. They teach you strategy. I love video games. I, I'm a proponent of video games, actually. I didn't have a healthy relationship with them, so I stopped playing them. That being said, Gala games is a lot of really interesting games that a lot of people are making a lot of money on. I heard about one guy who was making 42 grand a day on one of those games over there. Now, that's uncommon. And obviously, he had a ton of money that he put into it. But, yeah, I think it's a good project. Well, here's a good question. Uh, Smay brought his Wii today for Ooh. after work. So, Jeb, will you play Wii with us? I'll play Wii with you. Yeah. That's not a... Not as much of a game. Yeah, I quit games a long time ago too, but it's because I sucked at them, not because I. I quit games because I was problem. too good at them. Like not yeah. to pat myself. Exact on the, opposite reason. Not yeah. to pat myself on the back, but I will a little bit. I have like fifteen thousand hours in video in various video games, and I would pick up a video game and I'd just be so good at it, and it, I would get so addicted to it because I would just sit there and I'd play it for thirteen hours. I'm like, I cannot do this. I have a company to run, you know. So <laughs> yeah. I, I quit. I deleted my Steam account. So that's a little bit of my well, testimony. I'll, I had. To, I'll believe you when games, you beat me in Wii. All kinds of games on there. Deleted my Steam account because I wanted to succeed and because I wanted to help you guys. That's one of the things I've done behind the scenes. I haven't talked about it a lot because I care about you guys and I want to make sure I am giving Ooh. you as much as I can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beat me in Wii Sports and I'll I'll believe you. What's your uh, best you Wii Sports? Which man? Wii Sports? I I, I kind of suck at Wii Sports dude, nowadays, dude. I when I say I'm good at game, I'm good at computer games. I suck at anything with a controller. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's end of Super Chats. Oh, is that all of them? Really? Yeah, that's it. Dang, we actually got through all of did them. We, did we ever announce the Jedi Padawan? Yeah, oh. I was going to say. I don't think um, we did at the beginning of the stream. Oh, my bad. Uh, Flimmerball. Welcome to Jedi Padawan. Flimmerball. Flimmerball. Shout out Love to you, it. my friend. That's oh, awesome. Hold on. Uh, people are thinking that you said weed. No, we're talking about no, a no weed, weed. Like a Nintendo weed. weed. That is a branding <laughs> thing, Nintendo. W-I-I. W-I-I. Weed. Yeah. Nintendo yep. Wii. 
Sorry. Indeed. Wait, is Jeb into Age of Empires 2? No, I never played AoE, but I did play Civ, and I played uh, Humankind that came out a lot. You know, for, anybody, for any of our gamers out there, Humankind, the video game, which is a great game, which I was playing right when I quit playing video games, uh, they actually reached out to us to try and sponsor us, and I was like... We're a crypto chain. Why? Like, I, I, I emailed him back. I'm like, hey, I love your game, but I'm sorry, no. <laughs> so either way, we got another super chat. Um, Gabriel said, did you ever play Escape from Tark? I believe you mean Escape from Tarkov. It was my addiction for a long time. Quite the habit, too. I was scared to play that game because I knew I'd like it too much. Shannon loves that game, and it is a good game, but no, I personally never played it. Uh, Polo Chips donated say, hey, what kind of mindset should I have when trading? I think that's a great question to wrap the stream out. I'm going to throw it to you, Tim, first. Yeah. What kind of mindset should we have when we're trading. Oh, man. I actually had a story I wanted to tell that kind of plays into this, but I want to answer it first and then I'll segue into my my story. I, I found this story humorous. Uh, the mindset you should have while trading, educate. Education is key. Kelly talked about this when he was on the show last week in town. He, he talked about, he got to a point where he used a mindset of when he won his trade, Phenomenal. He just added to his portfolio. When he lost his trade, it wasn't a loss. It was an adding to his education. It was a he might have had to pay a tuition. I think he talked about one time yeah. he had to pay upwards of sixty thousand dollars for a tuition. Mm -hmm. But the things he learned from that were now are now building him into a successful trader. Yep. So th the mindset I would have is everything I'm doing is an education. Whether it's affirming some things that I'm learning or whether it's discouraging them and saying, "Hey, I actually was using the wrong mindset." Don't look at it as as a negative, look at it as an opportunity to educate and learn. Uh, as far as, you know, even trading though, I, I had a conversation with my mom yesterday, investing. I was actually talking to my mom about how uh, uh, I needed to get her moving into crypto some more. And even like, I think my great grandmother or something left like all of us kids, I think $20,000 for, oh, wow. for school. And I'm not going to college anymore. So I'm, you know, <laughs> Caleb got a scholarship. We don't, yeah, need that. I don't need dollars. it. Uh, so, so I was talking with her. And I was like, hey, mom, I know that, you know, we, you have that with an investor. Uh, is there a way that we can pull it out and put it into crypto? We're going to make much larger gains with that. And she was like, well, you know, I have it, you know, I have it over there. And I'm like, yeah, but mom, that's just not making that much. She's like, no, no, no. Uh, no, this last year, one of the stocks that we were investing in went up 38%. Oh, my gosh. I said, mom. On a bad day, like an, a crypto on a bad month sometimes still makes it up 40%. Now, yeah, we have times where we drop 40% within a couple of days. But when we look at the future, we, we compared gold versus uh, Bitcoin this last year. If you had invested in gold on January 1st, uh, you would have made 4% return. If you had invested in Bitcoin, it was, I think, 60%. <laughs> Uh, and that we and we all know those of you who have been watching crypto for a while, Bitcoin was not sitting where we really thought it would be sitting at the end of January, and we know that much better days are ahead. But even that, I just I, just, I found it funny that my mom was was raving about a thirty eight percent gain. Uh, so long story short, we had a conversation and we're going to be moving that money into crypto. Good, man. So, yeah. Congrats. Yep. Heck yeah. No, as far as my trading mindset here, and like I've told you guys, I'm much more of an investor than I am a trader anymore. Um, my mindset when I'm trading or investing or doing anything is, and this is a little bit weird. Everything I do, I try and look at it first as an educational opportunity and second as whatever I'm doing. So if I'm making a trade, you might think the objective of trading is to make money. You might think the objective of investment is to make money. You might think the objective of going to a conference like we're going to is make connections. You might think doing this stream is to get viewership and subscribers and serve you guys. You might think buying a car, the purpose of it is to have a vehicle. What I've done is, and I fail at this every day, but what I try to do is I try and take another purpose and I put it above 
whatever the purpose is. And the purpose I put above it is to learn about how to do that thing. So if I'm buying a car, yeah, I need a car. But like when I bought my, my, my car, I was like, yeah, I need a car. But more importantly, I want to learn how to buy a car. When I'm doing this stream, I'm saying like, yeah, I want to do the stream and I want to uh, complete all the objectives, but I want to learn while I'm doing the stream. If I'm trading, I want to say, yeah, I want to make a, I want to make a profit, but more importantly, I want to learn how to trade. If I'm making an investment, I want to say, yeah, I want to make a profit, but more importantly, I want to learn how to pick an altcoin, how to research a team, how to look at a white paper, um, and how to do portfolio management. So just use the if you've ever read uh, the seven habits of highly uh, uh, the habits of highly effective people that book you know that book I uh, started reading it and in the book he talks about uh, the golden goose so what a lot of people try and do is that they try and get the golden egg which you can only get one golden egg where instead of getting the golden egg what you should do is you should be trying to get the golden goose because the golden goose creates a golden egg every single day so if you get the golden egg okay you got one golden egg but if you get the golden goose you might have to wait until tomorrow to get the golden egg but you'll get a golden egg every single day in this analogy, the golden goose is your mindset, your knowledge, your skill sets, your wisdom, your expertise and experience. And that is what gives you your golden eggs of a large portfolio, a vehicle, a, you know, a, a college education, an education in crypto, whatever it is, you get the golden egg from the education. So invest in the golden, invest in the goose, and then you'll get the golden egg. That's the way that I look at it. Anyway, guys, if you enjoyed today's stream, make sure to smash that like button. Let's see if we can't get to 1,500 likes in the next couple of minutes. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Make sure to hit that post notification bell. We go live on Coffee and Crypto here at 9.30 Eastern every single day. It is our goal to not miss a single stream this entire year. We're going to figure out if that's possible. We're going to try, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the growth of this channel and most importantly, seeing the growth of you guys. We get amazing emails every single day of some of the success stories, such as what uh, uh, Mr. Locke said earlier about himself and his wife being able to go on a two-week honeymoon. That is incredible. That's what we love to see. Also, make sure to follow us on our Twitter. My Twitter is at CryptoJeb, just past 50K uh, followers. Thank you so very much to everybody who follows me over there. Make sure to go and follow Tim. He changed his handle. It's now uh, at Tim's underscore T-A, T-I-M-S underscore T-A, spelled out the letters. Make sure to go follow Thicky Smay. Uh, Smay, how does that smell? How does that spell? Uh, T. H-I-C-C-Y-S-M-A-Y. Boom sauce. And Caleb, do you have a Twitter thing to follow you on? I went back and I reopened my Twitter that I had from high school where I, I used it to just get recruited for football. Um, <laughs> so you can go follow me at CalebW82. Let's go. So You're 82. You're 82. For everybody yeah. who doesn't know, he plays D1 football at the University of Rhode Island as a tight end. You're jersey number 82, right? That is correct. Boom sauce. Well, guys, thank you so very much for tuning in. This will be the last stream of the week. We will be back Monday. Tim will be hosting Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday streams. And I will be back Thursday and Friday. Because I'm going to be in Miami for the North American Bitcoin Conference. Make sure to get your tickets. If you haven't already, yes, you can get an online ticket and tune in virtually. Online tickets and in-person tickets are both being sold down below. We have a 20% off coupon code for both of you, uh, for both of them for you with the link down below. They're automatically applied. Click the link below. And also make sure to sign up for iTrust Capital if you haven't already. It is a phenomenal service, and there's a reason you're hearing everybody talking about it. I've said for years, the first company that allows you to invest and trade through an IRA is going to do so well, and they are absolutely absolutely killing the opportunity that they have. They're absolutely just so good at it. I'm so excited to be partnered with iTrust. Make sure to check out those links down below. Before I go, though, guys, I do just first want to thank each and every single last one of you for watching, as always, and I will see you guys in the next video. Peace. listening to the Coffee and Crypto Podcast. Tune in every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to watch live on YouTube. Follow us on our social media accounts at CryptoJeb. And lastly, we want to thank you for supporting us here at MacV Media.